A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. And so being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is worthy, is worthwhile, is powerful. You sure. hold the reins. You may not be able to march into your job and demand a, a 10x increase, but you can, with some resourcefulness and asking for wisdom, you can 10x your, your business. And, and that's just a powerful way of thinking. And how do you 10x your business? You just 10x the amount of problems you're solving or the amount of desires you're helping people attain. Six years ago, literally from today, I looked it up. Tara and I were invited along with our kids to a really cool mastermind meetup in a place called Pirate's Cove in Boulder City, Nevada. Now, if you've never been to or heard of Pirate's Cove, I highly recommend you check it out. It's this really cool private residence that actually consists of a whole bunch of houses that are all pirate themed and pirates are everywhere. It's almost like this water park within a housing residence on like the side of a cliff. Anyway, I've never seen anything like it before. I don't know how it got permitted or if anyone will ever be able to permit anything like this again, but it's definitely a very unique and cool place. 
This event was hosted by one of our good friends, Russell Brunson. You may have heard of him. And there were some other really cool people that were invited as well, like Alex and Layla Hermosi, Jason Flatelin, Brandon and Kaylin Pollen, Trey Llewellyn, Chandra Sumter, Alex Sharfin, Ezra Firestone. Just some really cool, awesome down-to-earth people who also happen to own incredibly successful businesses. Now, if you've never been to a mastermind meeting before, it's a really amazing experience. Everyone gets up and they share what they're doing in their business. They share what's working. They might share where they could use a little bit of help. And then the group brings their collective experience and talks about things that they could do to improve their business. They can ask questions to help them improve their business. And it is to me by far the fastest, best way to disseminate this incredible group or pool of knowledge to help you figure out exactly what it is that you can do to grow your business in the fastest and best way possible. At this event, there was this guy that I'd never met before by the name of Ray Higdon. Ray didn't say a whole lot, but every time he spoke, something incredibly powerful came out of his mouth. So a couple months ago, when I started interviewing people for the Millionaire University podcast and started to think about potential millionaire mentors that we wanted to have be a part of the show, Ray was one of the first people who came to my mind. It took a little back and forth till we found a time that we could connect, but I'm happy to say that a few days ago, we hopped on a call and Ray dropped some serious value bombs. So that's what we have for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, rise to your feet, unless you're driving. Put your hands together and give it up for the one, the only, Ray Higdon. I didn't grow up in the greatest environment. I grew up in a very abusive home. And I was sharing my story a couple months ago, and there was at a lunch, and there were a couple, you know, pastors there, actually. I don't even remember how it came up, but I shared, and, you know, one of the guys there said, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I said, no, 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 because that was one of the greatest things, as weird as it sounds, one of the greatest things that ever happened for me, because it gave me that seed of connectability and relatability. A few months ago, I went to a luncheon for once a year, they take all these troubled teenagers kind of out of the system and they treat them to this nice lunch. And so I went and I, I wasn't like a guest speaker or anything, but I said, hey, can I talk to them? And the lady said, well, if you want to, sure, but don't talk to that table because that's the bad table. And of course, that's the table I went and talked to. <laughs> and as I'm walking up, I get the like, who's this white boy coming up here? Like, who's, you know, dressed all nice, right? <laughs> but two or three stories in, they got it, that I understood them. And so I wouldn't change that for anything. There's absolutely nothing in my life. There's, there's nothing I would do to change my childhood because it planted in me the seeds of connectivity and relatability to the people that mean the most to me to impact. And so I've spoken at many foster homes and in front of kids in foster care and people and kids of abuse. So I just wouldn't take any of that away. And so early on, I knew I liked selling stuff. You know, in grade school, I was selling 90 to 100 airheads a day. I'd get them for 10 cents, sell them for a quarter. Yes. And then, uh, yeah. Costco. And then I, but then I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of fell into the group think of everyone was saying, hey, you should get into computers and you should do that. And so I, so I did. And I ran with that for six or seven years. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't even like this stuff. And I got into real estate, rocked and rolled until the market changed in 2008. And I got wiped out. I see my real 
like kind of second journey of being an entrepreneur started in 2009. I was a million dollars in debt. I went through foreclosure. I went through a divorce. I went through depression. And from there, built an Inc. 5000 company, generated over $30 million online, have um, you know been paid hundred grand for, for coaching, have $30,000 keynote speeches, et cetera. And so I think the moral of the story is that I had way more failures than successes, way more bumps and bruises than trophies. But the most major thing that has changed for me is six months ago, I gave my life to Christ, didn't grow up in the church, didn't know, I didn't even know what John 3.16 was. I'd heard of it, but I didn't, couldn't quote it. And that has given me just a very different purpose of instead of hustling for my worth, instead of trying to gain acceptance from you know others and whoever they are, I'm now, you know, walking hand in hand with the Lord and it's just given me a completely different purpose. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. It's beautiful. And so my advice for someone that wants to be an entrepreneur is first kind of get what that means, right? What it really, to me, what just the, you know, term entrepreneur means is it means that you're solving a problem at a profit. So you're determining what is a problem in the marketplace, right? And what's a problem or a desire in the marketplace? For example, for, you know, for most of my life, you know, and I'm not a golfer. I know I, I live in Naples, Florida. So everyone I know is a golfer. <laughs> I'm not a golfer. I'm like, man, if it takes eight hours for me to build rapport with you, then maybe we shouldn't do business. Totally. Yeah. I'm like that too. I'm, I'm good for three holes. I'll give you three right. holes. <laughs> Come on, can we cut cut maybe? Yeah, exactly. Like, is that okay? Can we shoot some pool? Like, yeah. you know, like eight hours, come on, man. Yeah. But if you think about, like, like there's been such a cool thing that's happened is all growing up, I knew people that would go to driving ranges and these driving ranges would have a soda pop machine, get out there with your little basket of balls and you'd rent for 11 bucks or something like that. And then someone came along and said, Top golf. It'll be two levels. It'll be a hundred bucks a person. We'll have all kinds of food. And it's a, I mean, I don't know how big it is, but it's a definitely making millions and millions of dollars. And it's the same thing. Yes. It's just reaching a desire that the market wasn't fulfilling. I mean, one day, think about this. Someone had the brilliant idea. They looked at a head of lettuce. And back then, you know, with inflation, I don't know how much they are now, but at one point, you know, head of lettuce, 39 cents. And they thought, you know what? It is so arduous to rip this lettuce apart. You know what? I'm going to tear it up and bag it and sell it for 10 times. Yes. <laughs> so we buy all the time the $4, you know, $5 bags of lettuce when the head of lettuce is right there. But that's way too arduous to, you know, to tear apart. And so you're solving a, a problem or helping attain, someone attain a desire for a profit. And, and for profit is so that you can stay in business. And some people think the word profit is, is a dirty word because they don't you know, understand capitalism or, or whatever. But there's actually way, way, way fewer people in poverty all around the world because of capitalism, because of a free market. And although there is no, with government intervention, I don't believe there is any true capitalism, but even untrue capitalism is better than any other option. And what's cool about this kind of journey that, that you're on, Justin, is that if we want to 
you know, look at, okay, what was solid, sound entrepreneur or business wisdom through the ages? I mean, we can look at, you know, none other than King Solomon. And King Solomon, you know, was mainly, not all of them, but was mainly writing to his son, Rehoboam. You know, he didn't follow all the advice, let's be honest, but but his wisdom is is very powerful. And not too long ago, I think our friend, uh, Pedro Odeo, asked me to to break down one of the one of the Proverbs. And one of my favorites is Proverbs 26. And in 26, there's a couple in here that, that really stand out to me. And that's Proverbs 26, 12 is, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Now, how many times have I had someone that was starting their entrepreneurial journey come to me and, and ask for advice. And I say, okay, you know, all right, you know, little bro, like here's some advice. And then they proceed to tell me, oh yeah, that won't work. Or, oh, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> so they're wise in their own eyes. And, and that's where a lot of people are. A lot of people are wise in their own eyes. And one thing to point out is, you know, Deuteronomy 8.18 tells us, remember God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. That's an important distinction. He doesn't give you wealth. Yeah. He gives you the ability to produce wealth. And James 1.5 tells us that when you lack wisdom, ask and it'll be given to you liberally and without reproach. So I use prayer literally all the time in my business. I pray on who should I work with. I pray on, is this a good idea? I pray on, is this a good direction for me? Should I donate you know, to this, this cause you know, or not. So I use, I ask for wisdom all the time, but what I don't ask for is I don't ask for wealth. I don't ask for, please send me more money. Like for me, I I'm always praying for the wisdom to go and produce wealth. I'm not asking for actual wealth itself. And I think that's important to understand because if you look at my definition of an entrepreneur or a pretty common definition, right? The person that solves a problem or helps attain a desire at a profit, that's, you know, that's you being resourceful. That's not you demanding money from the marketplace, right? With a you know shotgun, right? It, it's you, you know, analyzing the marketplace, analyzing who's struggling or who wants something more, a better experience, and learning how to fulfill that at a profit. Now, one of there's so many in, in 26 that I love, but Proverbs 26:15, the lazy man buries his hand in the dish, he's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. This is something all entrepreneurs need to hear. Because there's two very powerful distinctions there. One, the person that puts their hand in the bowl knows what they want, but they just won't finish. They're the starter, not the finisher. Okay. When you reach for something you don't finish, not only do you not bring it back to your mouth and get satisf- satisfaction or, or attain a desire or solve a problem, you don't help anyone else solve a problem. So, so many people that I've met, they have this big idea, but they just don't have the horsepower to, to stay with it. They don't understand that these bumps and bruises that they're they're facing are actually perfecting their faith so that they can produce at a high level. These aren't the indications that you need to stop. These are the indications that, you know, this is what you need because, you know, God knows what we need, where we need to be perfected, right? Abraham's faith was perfected when he raised the knife, right? Like that, I pray not for that level of perfection. We're perfected where we have faith, and faith is not a mindset, faith is a way of being. You have faith if you're moving toward your desires, if you're moving toward that thing and you don't know the outcome. 
Fear is when you sit in your career, you sit in your relationship, you sit in your health, you sit in whatever, because you think that's the best you can do and that's the best God can do for you. So that's fear. Fear is me standing still. Faith is me moving forward. And faith is me showing up in a way of, of just, I trust God. Let me cast my anxiety on him. Let me not be anxious about anything. And so as an entrepreneur, know one thing, a question that a lot of people don't understand is none of Jesus's disciples were clergymen. Mm -hmm. They were all businessmen, mm. as was he. He was a businessman. He was the top, you know, number one rated on Yelp Carpenter and <laughs> Nazareth, right? Before he was ever in the clergy, before he mm -hmm. ever did his three and a half year stint at, in, you know, preaching, which wasn't in churches usually, right? And so surrounded all around him were, were business people. And even afterwards, you know, Saul that became Paul, you know, he was a tent maker. And so the Bible is filled to the brim with entrepreneurs, filled to the brim with business owners, and so being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is worthy, is worthwhile, is powerful. You know, you, yes, you hold the reins. You know, you can't, you may not be able to march into your job and, you know, demand a, a 10x increase, but you can, with some resourcefulness and asking for wisdom, you can 10x your, your business. And, and that's just a powerful way of thinking. And how do you 10x your business? You just 10x the amount of problems you're solving or the amount of desires you're helping people attain. Yep. I love it, man. I love it. So you're saying when somebody feels afraid, well, it's not God telling them you shouldn't be doing this thing. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, I just didn't feel like I should do it. I, you know, God is telling me I shouldn't do it because they were afraid. So... Wherever you're afraid, know that that's not of God because the spirit of God is not of fear, right? Yeah. What I've noticed is that Holy Spirit almost never wants me to do something I want to do. And almost none of my growth has come from doing something I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, went from absolutely mortified at public speaking my first time speaking, I was a junior project manager working for a county government here in Naples. And my boss says, hey, um, why don't you give an update on the uh, code enforcement project you're working on in front of the group? And I'm like, what's that? And she goes, you know, <laughs> just like put together something and, you know, just just present to us. And I'm like, oh. And so didn't sleep for three days. I read The Dummy's Guide to Public Speaking. And and in the Dumb Dummy's Guide to Public Speaking, it erroneously tells you that if you screw up, no one will know. <laughs> and so I go, I go in there and I, I, and I, it was like a, I don't know if you've heard that song by Eminem, but he's like, what if I didn't go to the Rap Olympics? What if, you know, like it's a what if kind of song. And like, I remember I had a landline back then and my hand was on the phone and I was just going to call in sick. Like, I'm just going to call in sick. <laughs> I'm serious, man. And I, I mean, my hand had to be on that phone for like five minutes. I'm like, you know what? She's still going to make me do it whenever I do show up. Like, there's really no getting out of this. So I either quit or I go do it. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go do it. And so I go do it and I somehow develop a stutter. I spill water. Like a, like my, my tongue was all of a sudden Teflon and like water just literally ran off. <laughs> it was very strange. Like it wouldn't stick. Like it just like ran over me. And afterwards, but I finished. I'm like, I'm finished. And according to the you know dummy's guide to public speaking, no one knows I screwed up. And she pulls me into her office and she has me close the door and she goes, Ray, um, are you on drugs? 
<laughs> no. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> no. And so I went out to the parking lot. I sat in my forest green Hyundai Sonata and I just sat there and I'm like, now everyone knows I'm an idiot. Now everyone knows, <laughs> like I'm like, I, I really had a complex back then because I thought everyone was smarter than me. I was a hard worker. Like that had been drilled into me as a kid. So I worked hard, but now everyone knows I'm an idiot. And so I'm like, well, I'm planning out my thing. I'm like, all right, I could just work. This would be a gap in my resume because I can't have anyone call. And I'm, I'm mapping this out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, you know, and I, I believe it was God kind of nudged. God nudged me. Instead of quitting that minute right there, I drove to the local college and enrolled in every speaking class I could. That's awesome. And I ran toward that fear. I didn't want to do it. And it was, I think it was a year and a half, but less than two years later, I was speaking on the Vegas Strip at Planet Hollywood for a real estate company. Wow. I had left that job. I had started a whole new thing and I had really faced that fear. And, and what was behind that fear was the biggest breakthroughs I've ever had in my life. I just did a a training and a service in Dallas, Texas. And I had people one after, and I probably had 30 people come up to me with tears in their eyes saying how that presentation was exactly what they needed to hear and that it changed their life. It's awesome. And so a lot of times that, that, that thing behind your fear, that's exactly what you need. That's a, you know, God knows how to perfect you. And that, that thing that you're afraid of that either you shrink or you overcome and you step into that that way of being. I love that. You just keep going. Literally, even this morning, I was at the gym with my wife and I, I was feeling, yeah, I've done tons of interviews over time, only a few more recently. I was like, why is it that I'm feeling a little bit anxious? I said, I have three interviews today and I feel a little anxious. Like, why? I said, it's literally three human beings that I may or may not mess up with. Yeah. And then I'll put it out to the world, but it's not live. It's like, why would I even be anxious? But it's like, we get so in our mind, but it was a commitment I made. I'm doing it anyway. And yeah. here we go. I remember the very first time I gave a business presentation in front of like 50 people, probably it was a real estate thing. I probably prepared for like two months, like almost every day. for that. <laughs> and look now, if I were to do the same thing, I would just get up and go do it. Right. Yeah. Like, because I, I have the experience in that now, but yeah, you got to go towards the discomfort, right? That's how you grow. That's how you progress. I mean, that, that's just, it's just a fact. And what's powerful is you can even, you can even project this out. And I learned this at, you know, last year we did our annual event and I took people through a uh, imagination process. And, and I said, okay, I want you to imagine that it's 12 months from now and you've accomplished everything right? You got your whatever that is, right? You know, $100 million or whatever, whatever it is. You got new house, whatever. You have all the things that you want. You've accomplished, you've made it happen. And so you're projecting this out 12 months from now. And I want you to have a conversation with three close people to you in your mind. And I want you to share with them all your accomplishments. And what this is doing what it's designed to do is it's kind of designed to trick your brain because your brain can't really figure out past, present, future. And so as you're practicing this, you're actually mentally rehearsing being that person already. And so I had done that exercise 
a lot of times, right? Just in my head, I just imagine I'm telling someone that, yeah, you know, I just did this, just did that, whatever. And so the biggest breakthrough for me at that entire event was feedback I got from this one lady named Erin. Want to know a secret? There's more to becoming a millionaire than making money. We talk a lot about building businesses and taking the road less traveled to achieve your goals. But the most successful entrepreneurs we know will tell you investing and growing your money is an essential component to creating wealth, which is why we're really excited about today's sponsor for this episode, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. It's never too late to start growing, and it's never too early either. You've heard us say about a million times on this podcast that it takes small, consistent steps to build big results. And we love Acorns and how accessible it is to people at all levels of investment knowledge. So head to acorns.com forward slash MU or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Here one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash MU. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. And so on the break, Erin came up and she said, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, all right, I imagine myself having my dream business and everything's rocking and rolling. And I went to tell my dad, I just couldn't do it because he's worked so hard his whole life that, you know, like, like, I mean, I would feel bad telling him and, and, you know, he, he didn't accomplish his dreams and why should I accomplish them? And I'm like, oh, wow. Whoa. So what this did <laughs> is it actually revealed, right? It revealed what's actually holding her back. We sped up and just located, this is exactly what's holding you back. And if you don't clip that, you will never reach that. Yes. And so what this is, is, is it, it's actually a revelation of here's the things that are holding you back. And here's, here's what I've learned you know, over the years of coaching people. If you struggle with recognition, you most likely had siblings. And you were probably the, the favored one, the one that mom and dad say, why can't you be more like your sister, Right. So you drew the conclusion as a kid that, oh, if I get recognized, then something bad happens. So let's avoid recognition. Holy. If you had parents that made a bunch of money and lost it, 
then it's very likely that you have, you know, my friend uh, Tyler, I think, I don't know if you know Tyler Watson, but Tyler calls it, you have like a allergy to making money because if you make a bunch of money, you're just going to lose it like your parents. So if you're scared of falling off the mountain, you'll just never climb it. Yeah. You'll go to make money and then all of a sudden you can't be consistent no matter what you try. Yep. But this, this just using your imagination and mentally rehearsing, having what it is that you want is actually a revelation of here are the things that are stopping you. Mm-hmm. If you have a friend that you would feel bad about telling them how successful you are, then you'll just sabotage ever having to have that conversation and you will stay as small as you are. Holy. It's like you almost don't even realize it. It's subconscious, you don't right? don't realize it. You'll never say it consciously. No one would say, you know what? I'm just not going to create success. I'm going to pretend like I'm running really hard, but I don't want to hurt Nancy's feelings. You'll never say that consciously. So I think that's so interesting because I think you and I, because we've both started multiple businesses, we've made money. And for me, like making money, like it's not that hard. (laughs) Like I'm not saying it's easy. It still takes work. It's, but it's easier than going to a job every day. Yeah. But it's like people are willing to go to a job every day versus making money, but it's because of what you're talking about. There's so many blocks in our, in our mind from when we're younger, whatever it might be that we need to overcome. So I love that project outward. And then you can come up in your mind with what is holding me back. Yeah. So for example, if you have, let me give you a real example instead of make up one. So when we were selling our, our last book, Time, Money, Freedom, you can see that. But when we were selling our last book with Hay House, Time, Money, Freedom, I did this fun Willy Wonka kind of thing where we pushed golden tickets in. And so like every 100 books or so, someone would get a golden ticket and get a 10-minute coaching call with me one-on-one. And so I get on with this girl and I said, all right, you know, tell me where you at. And so for the last, you know, four or five years, she had been stuck at like, you know, four or 5,000 a month, right? And I'm like, okay. And so I'm listening. I said, okay, what was your parents' association to money? She used the word disappointed, like she didn't want to disappoint someone. So I just, you know, asked, I mean, I only got 10 minutes here. And I said, well, who disappointed you as a kid? And she said, well, maybe not disappointed, but shame. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, talk about that. And she said, well, my mom was a prostitute. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay. And I think I know at this point, but I'm asking some more questions. And I said, okay. I'm like, do a lot of people know that? Like, do local people know that? And, you know, some of your family members know it. She goes, oh, yeah, they all know it. And she's still alive. Oh, wow. I'm like, I know what your problem is. She goes, what's my problem? I said, your problem is you believe that if you reach your potential, that some of the people around you are going to use that information, try to pull you back down, which would bring shame to your living mother. And you would do anything to prevent that. Yeah. And she starts crying. She's like, oh my God, you're so right. And I said, but there's another way to look at it. Your mom did a lot of things she didn't want to do for you to have a better life. And it's kind of a smack in the face that that's used for you not to. Holy. So I thought after that call, I'm like, maybe I went a little hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's your job. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. And so I reached out to her the next day. I'm like, hey, how we doing? And she said, uh, I had a talk with my mom last night and it's on. That's awesome. Like, okay. Within 90 days, she had gone to four to, from four to 5,000 a month, stuck for, for years to 90,000 a month. Wow. She had a talk with her mom and her mom was like, I don't care what they say. Go get it, girl. Which is 
see, in our head, we think, I want to protect little baby bear. I want to protect mamas. I want to protect her from the shame of the world. Like, like, whatever. I want you to succeed more than I care about me being shamed. Totally. Totally. Completely changed. And it's now been, it's probably been two years now. And she is still rocking and rolling, just, you know, top of the leaderboards and just killing it in her company. That's so true. Because like with family and siblings and friends, it's almost like it's easy to get in a mindset of, oh, I don't want to succeed because I want them to feel bad. Right. Even I've felt that at times, you know, a good illustration of this is in Goodwill Hunting. When Matt Damon says to Ben Affleck, he goes, yeah, they want me in some job. And, you know, I just want to hang out with you guys. And Ben Affleck says, dude, every time I mean, he's like, I love you. Right. But a true friend would say what he says. And he says, dude, I'm a knucklehead. You're a genius. Every yes. day I pull up, I hope you're not there because you have a gift. I do not. <laughs> and that's a true friend. Like someone who wants you to maintain same level as me when when you have different potential that's not a friend my wife and i were talking about that we're like the guy he just didn't realize his potential ben affleck right that's the one part of the movie that that's missing it's like just because you're not a genius doesn't mean you don't have the potential but other than that absolutely (laughs) absolutely i forget the nipsey hustle quote but it's like if people don't support you growing you don't have a circle you have a cage yes totally (laughs) totally and so many people like they it's like, even I haven't seen it, like if people, if like they want to get married, but their parents like don't support it. Yeah. And it's like, you're basically giving them this power. Yeah. And this is just one example of anything you want to do in life. You're giving these other people this power and subconsciously or not, they know that. But once you have your boundaries and people know that, like I dropped out of college, we started our own businesses, like not one single family member, not one person ever said, I mean, there was an old lady one time that was like, what are you going to fall back on? Right. But no one in either my wife or my family ever questioned it because they knew I didn't question it. They knew there was nothing to say and they wanted to maintain that relationship. But if you go to people and they can feel or know if you're like seeking their approval, like everyone, even if they don't, okay, like you talked about, yes, you want to follow mentors and people who have been where you want to go. But sometimes we seek approval and opinions from people who don't know any, like they've never started a business before and you're trying to get their approval or opinion. They're going to give it to you if they think you want it or need it, but they don't know, right? They don't know your heart. They don't know where you want to go. So yeah, for sure. And most of us go our entire life and, and I didn't understand this till, you know, very recently, but most of us go our entire life seeking acceptance. And I never knew why is that? And that's that's actually, that's biblical too. One of the kind of mysteries for me was, okay, Adam and Eve, they, they eat this fruit and they were naked before, but now they know they're naked. Like, what's that mean? They were no longer clothed in God's acceptance. And ever since that time, all of us have been seeking acceptance and you mm-hmm. don't understand the relationship of acceptance to God. So we try to fill this God-shaped hole in everything else with status, yeah. net worth, security, significance. We try with all, you know, awards, right? We try with all kinds of different things, but it's a God-shaped hole that can only be filled there. For me, I know that, you know, I set a goal, you know, my first million dollar year was 2013 and my first million dollar month, 2014, my first million dollar day, 2015. None of those made any difference. As soon as I did it, I wanted the next goal. I wanted the next goal. 
And I remember seeing Kobe Bryant, right? He was, you know, rest in peace, much respect. But Kobe Bryant was on the floor, right? They had just won the championship. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kissing the trophy and high-fiving, ticker tape, right? Woo. Kobe, man, you got to feel awesome. He goes, I'm just ready for next year. And it's like, yeah, can't you like celebrate a little bit? And so I was trying to fill holes in me that can't be filled with money, that can't be yes. filled with status, that can't be filled with stages, that can't be filled. But I didn't know what could fill it. So I was trying anything. I mean, at one point it was food, at one point money, yep. long ago sex, right? I was trying to fill it with something, but it's us reseeking God's acceptance that we once had. And, and if you can step into that, and you can make him a priority over all these other uncertain things, then life can be different. You know, life can be different. Yep. My wife, we are probably the most miserable or depressed I've been was when I reached everything, you know, sold my business, had like all the money. It wasn't that I wasn't happy at all. Yeah. I just thought I would feel different. So from then, yeah, it's been a lot of personal development, you know, spiritual development, all kinds of things. And just learning that money is important. It is a tool. I'm very grateful for the money that we have. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have to work anymore. Like, but but it doesn't make you happy and fulfilled in and of itself. Right. Yeah. I heard you. I was listening to a podcast you did this morning. I think it was like alive, and then you think you turn them into podcasts, right? The um, repurposing yeah. content, yeah. which is awesome. And you were talking about lead indicators versus lag indicators. You were talking about the a lot of people focus on the result. You were talking about the guy that wanted to make money, right? Raise money. And you had a coaching session with him, two and a half coaching session. And you were like, hey, okay, you got to focus on like the actions, right? Can we speak to that a little bit? I think that's really important. I think so many people, maybe my my son included or my kids, like they want this result, but the result isn't necessarily that hard to get, but you got to know, you got to break it down a little further and you got to celebrate you can speak to that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, just, you know, it's just very important to understand just that word, you know, result. It's a result of something, you know, like six pack abs, you know, like if I go and pray, you know, you know, pray for six pack abs, but I eat donuts, I'm I'm not going to get that result most likely. And so again, you know, we started this Deuteronomy 818, which is, you know, he'll give you the power to get wealth, not here's wealth, right? Wealth being a result, the power to get wealth. And and one of the things I like that Tony Robbins says is, he says, we don't struggle from a lack of resources. We struggle from a lack of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. Well, what's resourcefulness? Mm -hmm. Resourcefulness is is wisdom, right? What, What is the activities that I should be doing? So when I was broke, <laughs> broken, broken, divorced, in foreclosure, a million dollars in debt, because I'd over leveraged different properties. And, and I was just like, uh, I was just punched from, from all the foreclosure letters. I created a new daily routine that got me from in 2009, I made $19,000. In 2010, I made 350000 Not that that's a, a humongous amount, but I think the, you know, the variance is pretty yeah. nice. Sounds similar to our experience. Yeah. And so, but what did I do, right? Did I, did I pray for 350,000? No, I mean, I, I didn't know how to pray back then. But what I did was really, if I boil it down, there were really three things that I did. Okay. Number one, right? Well, I mean, I had a product to sell, first of all, right? And if you 
are someone that has that entrepreneur bone, but you haven't identified what you can sell to make money, you may consider being an affiliate marketer or, you know, I'm a, a big advocate of network marketing. If done properly, it's it's amazing. If done improperly, then you're disappointed. You know, I had a product to sell. I was in network marketing, so I didn't figure out the supply chain management, currency conversion, the comp plan. I didn't figure out any of that stuff out. I just knew if I pointed people over here and they bought, I got paid. That's what I knew. And so I had read a book called Go For No, and which sounds like a, a the world's worst law of attraction book, but it's, <laughs> um, it's just there to help you get over your resistance to rejection and your reaction to rejection. Fast forward a couple of years, they like my story so much, we actually wrote, you know, wrote a book together, me and the authors, Go For No For Network Marketing. And so I'm, I asked myself, I'm like, okay, what would make success inevitable? What if I did every day, right? And you can, you can break this down to anything, right? What would make success inevitable if I wanted six-pack abs? I mean, if I had 1,400 calories a day and I you know, ran a couple miles a day, I guess six-pack abs, right? Pretty much. And so, but you, yep. so you can break down any goal that you have as what would make success inevitable if I just did it every day? So for me, I thought, you know what? If I went for 20 no's a day, I'm pretty sure that would get me to where I want to go. And so I came up with, all right, I'm going to get 20 no's a day. Uh, online, offline, cold market, warm market, social media, wherever, right? Number two, I didn't like reaching out to people. I did it because I was broke. I didn't like to reach out to people. I love the idea of them reaching out to me. So I started doing a video a day. Okay, so and this was July 15, 2009. I did a video a day without missing a day for until July of 2021. Uh, so 12 years, right? I didn't, I didn't miss a day. Wow. And because I'm, you know, kind of a little crazy. And so in the beginning, right, those first four months, I'd done 120 videos and my mom was like, I love your videos, sweetie. I'm like, thanks, mom. Right. You're not my target market. Right. You know, no one was responded. No one was doing anything. And so I was just having to hustle for the prospecting. So I'm cold messaging people. I recruited someone in my son's school line, whatever you call it, like the crossing guard or whatever. I recruited people at Blue Martini. I recruited people, TripAdvisor, MySpace, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. I mean, all of Twitter. And so like, I'm just going out there just talking to people and networking. And But then eventually the tide turned. And so eventually I started getting some leads from YouTube. I started getting some leads from Facebook. I started getting some leads. And all of a sudden I was generating over 3,000 leads a month without ads and just people reaching out like crazy. And so that combo, that one-two punch of, you know, a video a day, 20 no's a day in five months, I was at 10,000 a month in seven months, 40,000 a month in 10 months, I was at 50,000 a month, went on to become the number one earner of that organization, made millions with them. And that built my career from foreclosure to Fiji. That's where I took my wife for honeymoon. And it's, it's simple, not easy, right? not easy to get 20 no's a day. Like one, just the just the effort, right, of reaching out. You got to reach out to a lot of people, get 20 no's. It's not 20 people. Right? That might be 200 people, might be 50 people. It's not 20 though, because all you'll get maybes, you'll get non-answers, you'll get ignored, right? And so with whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you know, and, you know, for me, like right now, I have different, you know, different things that I'm doing. So, 
I'm involved in multifamily units now, right? So I have, I got, you know, one 277 unit in Tulsa that I'm working on. I got a 70 unit in Tampa that I'm working on and I'm, I'm raising money, you know, as, you know, with investors, raising capital. And I know if, if I reach out to X number of people and I continue to put out real estate content, then I'm going to hit this. It's not a big deal. And so what's most important is yes, know what you want, but then do the work, right? Like we'll all but guarantee this. And, and I think, one area that I've seen people screw up is <laughs> they somehow think because they bring a job mentality into being an entrepreneur in a job. I remember when I worked for that county government, they came to us and the county manager said, good news. Everyone in your department gets a 6% increase this year and a 6% increase next year. And for the lazies, for the people that weren't doing anything, just sharpening pencils all day, they're like, yay. And I'm like, I'm yeah, doing the work of three people and I get the same as, as pencil sharpener over here. Like, lame, right? And so some people, they come into <laughs> entrepreneurism and they think tenure, like they think, oh, if I just run my mom and pop pie shop for five years, eventually it'll take off. That's not how it works. Like you got to put in the work, no. man. You got you got to show up. There is no such thing as tenure. Like tenure does not exist in the business world because you can be stagnant and and broke for ten years, for twenty years, for forever. And so it's what am I doing on a consistent basis? How am I marketing? How am I promoting? How am I prospecting? What am I doing to innovate? What am I doing to add value to the marketplace, to solve problems, to help people attain desires? And if you're not ruthlessly focused on that, then you're, you're going to drop. You're just not going to make it. I love it, man. Well, I've got a couple pages of notes here. Any final thoughts? Any final words you want to share? One thing that, although I, I don't know that my heart would have received it earlier because, you know, everyone's path is, is perfect, is for most of my life, I was fighting for the approval of my biological father that I never got. I was hustling for my own self-worth and money was something that a major part of me never really cared about. But it is where I rested my security, my status, my identity, my significance, all of that kind of rested on that. And if you, like so many others, have that formula, you're going to burn out. You're going to wonder, like, is this all there is? And But I remember seeing an uh, interview, and this very successful football player was on 60 Minutes. And he says, he goes, man, at the end of the day, I wonder, is this all there is? And the interviewer says, well, what would it be? And he goes, I wish I knew. And that was Tom Brady after he had won his third Super Bowl. Wow. If you continue to see success and money as your identity, eventually you're going to get what you want. And then another thing Tony Robbins says is success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Because when you're broke, you can say, you know what? Once I get money, I'll feel good about myself. But then once you get there and it doesn't work, you don't know what to do. And that's the Citizen Kane moment. That's the rose. That's the like, what have I missed, right? What else is there? And for me, six months ago, I found that answer and that was God. That's awesome. I love it, man. I think I heard you mention the five like Fs, right? Yeah. Faith, family. Faith, family, finance, fitness, fun. And just, you know, thinking about how, how are you congruent in those five areas 
And wherever you are stressed out the most, that's where you're trusting God the least. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Ray is the man. Ray, we really appreciate you coming on today and dropping the gold. To learn more about Ray, you can go to rayhigdon.com. That's H-I-G-D-O-N. If you love this episode, please share with a friend. It will mean the world to us and it will change their life. If you have yet to get our free business course, go to millionaireuniversity.com slash training and be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening now. In our next episode, which drops this upcoming Monday, you will learn how one woman is earning an amazing income by playing video games with children. Yes, you heard that right. She has figured out a way to make money playing video games. Coming up in a future class, we also have a couple who makes money talking about dinosaurs. I also do another coaching session with Lenny Tim, and I talk to my sister-in-law, Janelle, about how to grow her horse training business. But that's not all. Coming up soon, we will be hearing from e-commerce pros. We'll also be talking to a guy about how he helps photographers book more clients for their photography business, as well as how one person has grown an incredibly successful business just by getting people to subscribe to her email list. So be sure to smash that follow or subscribe button wherever you are currently listening so you do not miss a single lesson. But for now, it is time to bid farewell. Remember, it is the actions that you take today that will get you the results that you want tomorrow. So take that action where it counts. Don't be afraid of failure or rejection because the truth is there really is no such thing. We're always just learning and growing and getting feedback. And the only way we can do that is by taking action where it counts. Until next time, this is Justin Williams, your chief money-making officer signing off. Class dismissed. Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's Beyond the To-Do List. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.